This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. The Bible says, Lest the devil take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So Satan will take advantage of you when you are unaware of his antics, his devices. That's what the Bible says. So we read that one. Then we move a step further, which is where I want to start from today. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Hallelujah. Um, in some quarters, Satan is being portrayed as somebody that is so mighty, so great. Well, by the rank he occupied in heaven, he was. But he's been dethroned, even though he's still a dignitary. So we read that one somewhere last week. The Bible said that not even Archangel Michael will bring an accusation against Lucifer. The word Lucifer is only used in Isaiah 14 as regarding the devil. And the Bible, the meaning is, is the, the morning star. God didn't create any other person like Lucifer. He was perfect in his beauty. That's what the Bible says. And we read all that last week. But the Bible is saying something here in Ephesians 4, 27, that believers should pay attention to. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. It tells us two things. Number one, it is up to us whether to give him uh, space or not. Number two, Satan cannot operate in your life until a space is provided. Hallelujah. So I want to look at some of the spaces this morning. And we look at deeper ones, second service, which I started with on Wednesday. And uh, so when we, we start from here now, when we get to second service, we're not talking about reincarnation and all those things and charms and objects and uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> we started that on Wednesday. Amen. But this one, let's begin on this note. Neither give place to the devil. So how do we give place to the devil? So it is very obvious that if it's not given a place, it cannot operate. But ignorantly, people give him space and he explores it very well. He takes advantage of the spaces that are given to him by believers. Now, let me also say this at the beginning. There are two types of satanic attacks. There is direct attack and there is indirect attack. There is um, an attack on a person and that is when obsession, possession can be classified. And there is an attack on the activities of a person. What majority of Christians, the warfare you will fight is more on the attack on your activities, not on you directly. Even though the activity, so when the enemy tries to frustrate people's business family, it is that many times he cannot occupy them physically, so it goes for things that belong to them. Are you getting it? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So there can be that kind of attack, or there can be a direct one. When envy 
when rebellion, when possession, all these things are in you, that's a direct one. Many Christians have not understood the gravity of envy. That it's a manifestation of a demonic spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let's look at some examples to know how doors can be opened. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 22 verse 3. Let's learn from brother Judas. <laughs> Amen. And we look at sister Eve. And we look at King David. And we look at Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 22 verse 3. Let's read. Look at what the Bible says. And this is very deep. Hallelujah. Um, maybe I should rearrange in a while. Luke 22, 3. 22, 3. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Luke 22, verse 3. Yeah. The Bible says, then. Let's start from verse 2. <laughs> and the chief priests sought out the Michaeli for the fear of the people. Verse 3. And then entered Satan into Judah's son in the of being the number of the twelve, being of the number of the twelve, and he went his way. But what I'm looking for, Satan entered Judas. All along, Judas was, was with Jesus. Satan entered Judas. So at a point in his life, the devil occupied him. How did this happen? What happened to Judas? Even though he was among those who followed Jesus Christ, so to a large extent, the light of the presence of Jesus covered Judas. But under that coverage, under that covering, what really happened to Judas? We'll come back to that in a while. Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at Sister Heath. So Judas also went out with them. When Jesus in Luke 11 gave them authority, Luke 10, over unclean spirits, Judas also went out with them and healed the sick. He was one of the twelve that returned and said, even demons were subject to us in your name. So how did he get here? Hallelujah. Then there was a time Jesus gave them anointing and asked them to pray over the sick. And they all came back with results and Judas was one of them. But the Bible says, and Satan entered Judas. Praise the Lord. All right. The serpent being more subtle than any beast of the field. Now, the serpent here, not that a serpent came down from a tree and was talking to him, like you see in some movies. It's another name for this personality we call the devil. One of his names is the ancient serpent. Hallelujah. All right. So, the serpent was more than all the, and he said unto the woman, yeah. And God said, this is where saints, we have to be very careful. As God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody say doubt. No, no, no. Say it again. No, no. Say one more time. No. Say doubt. No, no. Say fear. fear. Say it again. Doubt. No. Fear. Now say offense. offense. Doubt. Doubt. Fear. Yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. Say doubt. doubt. Fear. Fear. 
Offense. See, these three things, and I can add the third one, which is lost, or the fourth one, lost. Doubt, fear, offense, and lost are four major doors. There are other doors, but somehow, all other doors are connected to either of these four things. And we're going to see it in a while. Envy, for instance, is rooted in lust. When you want to have what someone else has and you don't have, you begin to envy the person. Hallelujah. Pride and lust are also, con- they are somehow connected together. We, we, we get that in there. We get to that in Because I, I might speak briefly on rebellion this morning, but I just want us to quickly uh, get into, to just see sketches here and there of how this guy called Lucifer manifested himself in the lives of some people. Now, he said to him, as God said, you shall not eat every number one. If there is doubt in your hearts about certain established truths of the word of God, it's an indication of the presence of Lucifer. Are you following me? One of the signs that is operating a person's life is to begin to doubt some major truths of the word of God or begin to doubt the people of God that you fellowship with. It's always a certain point. I don't know where Adam was, but the Bible later tells us that he was actually there. Eve made a mistake, which I've spoken about about marriage seminar many times. She should have allowed Adam, who was there, who was the person that God gave that order to. Now, let me say this to all men. Listen to me. There is a difference between being soft and then being irresponsible as a leader. The husband is the leader of the family. Many times, you will need to set your wife right. Women have energy installed in their heart in the form of emotion. You might need to give that energy direction. Otherwise, she will miss you and it will affect you. That is why you are the leader. But there are some men, as they walk behind their wife when they are going somewhere, that is how they walk behind her in life. He takes a lead. It is wrong. It's not feminism. You are playing two different roles. It's not domination. It's not ruling and telling your wife to shut up and not allowing her to talk. No. It is being a leader. A leader is different from a ruler. A leader leads. She needs your help to channel her energy the right way. If you are not a man of understanding of your responsibility, you are going to let the family run astray. But that's not, this is not marriage seminar, but just understand that one. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is called leadership. Any organization without the leadership will run. It will just run. It will just go. It will veer off its course. So the Bible says, he came to Eve and he said, the first thing Satan said, he expanded the word of God beyond what God has said. It was intentional. God said, do not eat one particular tree. Satan said, as God said, you should not eat every tree. Conversation. See, um, <laughs> Amen. When we get to seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should not talk to soothsayers and people prophesying. And I'm going to show you how demons can know things about your future and everything. And how you must never allow them. A prophet comes up and he gives a word of none and he begins. If you submit yourself, the control of your life has just started. But I'm laying the foundation there and please pay attention. She should not have had any conversation with Lucifer at all. So she was trying to correct Lucifer. That God did not say we should not eat any tree. 
Then she said, God said that only the tree at the center of the garden, he said, we should not eat. And she made a mistake. She said, God said, we should not eat and we should not touch. God did not say they should not touch. Can you see the game? Lucifer added, <laughs> he took the instruction one step further. He said that God said, we should not eat any tree at all. She, the woman said, no. He didn't say we should not eat every tree. He said we should not just eat one tree at the center. Then she added her own. She made a mistake also. Said God said we should not even touch it. When God gave an instruction to Adam, he never talked about touching or not touching. Are you getting what I'm saying? See, when the enemy starts this thing in people's hearts, the idea is that he wants to dim the light of the word of God. That you start doubting and once you are in that arena, it's got in you. Doubt will lead to you start considering oh, other options outside God or where God has placed you. We will also get a food offered to idol second service. But let me say this that why would somebody send a soap to somebody that they prayed over and you start using it? You are doubting the protection of God over your life. Now, first uh, is it second Kings. Second Samuel 21 or either Second Samuel, Second, Second Kings 21. Is it King now Chronicles? The stories of David are in those three three books, but I don't know which one talk more. Give me Second Kings 21. I want us to I want to read something. Everybody say doubt. No. Say it louder. No. Amen. I need to be very fast. 21, 21, 21. Manasseh was no, no, it can't be this one. First King 21. First King 21. Uh, Manasseh came much more later after David, so probably First King 21. I want to be sure. Are you following me this morning? Yes, you see, um, you know, I like to preach for, but I'm taking my We have to understand uh, because it, we can get to a point as a church, as Christians, that you say like Jesus Christ, the prince of this world comes and he, he has found nothing in me. Nothing. And the ways to understand. The last part I will get before I talk about the authority of every Christian over demonic spirit. Later, maybe in two weeks, I will talk about your words, the roles that your words are playing. Demons hear what they are saying, what you are saying, and angels hear also, and they respond to what is conversion going on around you. But that will be the last part. Um, okay. Uh, uh, First Chronicles. Can somebody help me check? Where David number the people? What? Please say it louder if you, if you have seen it. 2 Samuel 24. Check 2 Samuel 24. One, if you, one of the uh, chronicles of that story, one says, God moved move David to number the people. Another part says, Satan moved David to one. I want the part that says Satan. We explain the reason for the two stuff later, but First Chronicles 21. Okay, yeah, I remember last time I should be somewhere in 21. The Bible said the anger of the Lord was kindled against so he moved David against them to say that's the anger of the Lord. But let's look at, let's look at Chronicles version. Yeah, First Chronicles right? 21. First Chronicles 21. Let's read. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Job, go and number. <laughs> Hallelujah. One of the manifestations of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life is rest. 
Once there is disturbance, David sat on his throne and he called the commander-in-chief. You will not understand the implication of this except to look through the eye of the Spirit. David, with one sling, conquered Goliath. David had enjoyed so much victory in his life. Then this same David one day sat down and he told Job, told Job that I need to know how many soldiers we have. As at that time, something started coming to his heart that they might be defeated and that they might need more soldiers. If you read the rest of it, so when he told Job, told him that, sir, why do you want to do this? That this is wrong. Our confidence has been in Jehovah, not in number. Don't let me number. But because David was the king, he said, no, go and number them. And when he did, God said, that, you know what? Pick between famine, destruction, and death. How many times do people get to a point where they start losing confidence in God's ability in their lives? Secondary school, university. You will need that before, beside your bed, you will pray. He has kept you. All of a sudden, there is a prophet keeping you now. All your life, things, you have been helped by God many times. Now there's no more confidence in that help now. Because you are looking for a job. Then you begin to bring things into your life that are not of God. When the enemy can sow a seed of fear in your heart, doubt will follow. And what doubt will do is that you will always think that you need more to be fortified. This is how people veer up the path of this way and get into errors and get into things. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You hear believers entering plane and putting a bottle of oil in their pockets that one man somewhere prayed over. Somebody prayed over something. The person, the person prayed to up there lives inside you. And you are putting a bottle in your pocket because you want to travel. We are going to get into the difference between idolatry and Christianity because there is a serious mix-up that you have to be very careful. Anointing oil was only mentioned in the Bible as for praying for the sick. Any other thing we use it for, you are beginning to go over syllabus. Are you getting what I'm saying? One of the reasons why the Lord asked me to say this, real faith is disappearing and people are beginning to place their faith in objects. So you want to enter a plane and you have forgotten the oil. Satan has got in you. If you make it to the other end, it is because of other Christians inside that plane. Because left to you fear. Ah, I forgot. And Jesus Christ lives in you and is wandering. And angels are guiding and they are wandering. So it is handkerchief now that will save you. Paul, pray over handkerchief. We get into that. I'm not saying that. Is a, 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 I'm just saying that when you idolize it and get to that point, there's a problem. I get what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. So for David also fear and then doubt. Just like Eve. By the time your mind begins to... <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, help me. See, we'll take all these things one by one. We'll look at... We'll just, so, you know, I told from the beginning, we'll first look at... It will take us a long time. Now, let's move. I want to talk about offense. I get what I'm saying. Everybody say fear. fear. Say doubt. doubt. 
So when the Bible says, give no place to the devil, when you let these things occupy you, you have opened the door by yourself to him. Fear attracts. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without fear, it is impossible for the devil to operate in your life. And let's move. This is one major one. And that was what happened to Judas. So what exactly happened to Judas? Are we cold to be fast? If you read John chapter 12, and then you read, I think, uh, Mark, one of the chapters in Mark, what really happened was that, if you have read the story of the woman with the alabaster box before, when she brought the oil, and she poured it on Jesus Christ, there is a part of the Bible, if you read some, uh, I think the Matthew version, Bible said the disciples and some other people said that this woman is wasting this oil because according to, I don't know, somebody estimated that that oil, that perfume that the woman poured on Jesus should be about 1.4 million naira that she put on Jesus. So this, 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 this should have been sold and it should have been given to the poor. Judas still has descendants on earth now. The only time they talk about the poor is when any church is doing something mighty. When the church built a cathedral, they said that what about the poor? They are disciples of Judas. Judas never talked about the poor until somebody poured oil on Jesus. Anything any Christian is doing for Jesus or a church is doing in the name of Jesus, anybody who opposes it is a descendant of Judas. I say without any apology. That's how they talk. They will not have problem with David buying things. They will, not have they will not talk about the poor. When there is a concert that the MTN is doing, as soon as a church builds something, they say that they're poor. And they sound right, and some Christians sympathize with them. They are speaking from Judas' spirits. Yeah. So in John chapter 12, John, John actually said, so it was not <laughs> other disciples that started the discussion. It was Judas. Judas was the one, and the Bible said that he was a thief. He used to steal from the treasury. What really happened to Judas? In the midst of the twelve, there was greed. And the Bible said that the love of money is the root of all evil. See, this part I'm sharing, they look less than where I started from and where I'm going to second service. We're going to contribute something deeply spiritual second service. We get to incisions and some other things on people's body. But you see, I am starting on this note to let you know that that's why it is called uh, 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 deception of the enemy. And I said that is very subtle. Some things that you think don't matter are the very things that open the door. Others are actually less important. How you get to what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So, uh, amen. Are, are you, I need to be sure. Are you following me? Are we moving step by step? So, uh, Judas got offended. When Jesus, when they poured the oil on Jesus, he saw it, enough money did not come. He said they should have converted this money, this thing to money, and I would have stolen part of the money. That's what he was saying. Then Jesus said that you always have the poor with you. The answer did not satisfy Judas. If you read John's version, check very well. The Bible says that the same day he went to have a meeting with high priests. Judas was rebuked by Jesus Christ. Judas got offended. If you are in a church and you are the type that you always pick offense, you have opened the door to the enemy already. And there are some Christians like that. Offense. Offense. Offense will always lead to rebellion. 
An offense is one of, we, we will look at several other stories in the Bible, how offense will make people move away from God's plan for their life. That's why the nitty-gritty of Christianity is for you to master the art of forgiving people. Except to work in forgiveness, there are enough opportunities in every church to get offended. Are you following me? From that day, Judah started planning how to bring Jesus down because he was offended. Yeah. But he did not consider that Peter had a bigger opportunity to be offended. Peter was telling Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to die. Peter said, you shall not die. And Jesus spoke to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He called Peter Satan and said, Peter was not offended. Offense. It will shock you what it will lead to. The guy that wrote one time in Nigeria that uh, all the general overseers, pastors should retire. You remember that went out and then the president said, pastor in redeem. Got offended, left. Found his way into the ministry working and started working against pastors. Anybody can fall from any heights. If we are not working in grace, what led to, what, what could make somebody to do that? He was a zona pastor on the island in Lagos here. That offense God that much. He did not only leave. As soon as he had authority, he started looking for policies against pastors. And you know what? His prime target was his former Jew. Offense. He doesn't know he's already possessed. There is a spirit working that kind of person. That's not normal. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When there is doubt, when there is fear, when there is offense, and when there is lust, I want us to look at Jesus Christ. That's how I want to end this first service. But are you following me? Yes, but let me tell you something. Oh, oh God. Uh, amen. 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 See, there was a man in the Bible. There are some things that when I say it, I hope this particular one I will say, don't worry, we my, uh, when we, whenever I stop, we continue next week because the real message in what I'm sharing with you is to actually show you the three temptations of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 4. And I want to show you how the same thing will come into your life. But you are going to find out that Jesus was tempted in the area of all these things. The first temptation was based on doubt. If thou are the Son of God, convert this stone to bread. Anytime you try to prove a point to somebody, that means you don't really know who you are. Jesus was already the Son of God. Satan said, if you are the son of God, command. If he did that, that means there was doubt in it as, as to whether it was. If, can you imagine me asking, Brother Gokeda, if you, are, if you are really a male? If they meet a woman on the road, somebody is saying that, now this is Brother and this is wife, so to that, you are Mrs. Dramola, that you are Brother so I know you are not his wife. And you, you, you are running to your house to bring your wedding certificate and all the, to prove to the person that you are his wife. Something is already wrong with the marriage. Because if you are his wife, as somebody says you are not his wife, you don't even bother to answer. When they come to your house and see your children, they won't understand. But imagine you are trying to say, ah, you see, then you brought your wedding picture and then the certificate they gave you and everything. And you want to show the person that you are. Satan said, if you are the son, and Jesus said, a man shall not live by bread alone. Doubt and then gratification of the flesh. And Jesus passed. 
He moved to the second one. And he said that, he took him to the pinnacle and he said, throw yourself there for it is written. How you gain popularity matters. The whole world was going to know about Jesus Christ anyway, but in God's way. If he descended, like he said, the angels would have carried him. He would have landed at the center of Jerusalem. They would have accepted him as a Messiah. Because of signs and wonder, that would have been an error. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then he told one, I will reserve that one. At the end, and we'll talk about this. How can a Christian bow down to Lucifer? And there are many Christians bowing out there. And Jesus said, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and only him. No other person. No other person. And when the devil got to that final point, he left. It will always be a point in your life. There will be a point also where the gods of this world will demand the worship from you and you have to choose between them and Jesus Christ. But we will not start with that one today. Are you following me? So that was the final temptation. But I want to speak about something. You see, one of the manifestations of the spirit or of the devil, we are talking about demons and devil. Devil himself, where you see rebellion, you are seeing Satan himself, not a demon at work. Absalom in the Bible followed the exact steps of Lucifer when he fell. The Bible says, if you read about Absalom, 2 Samuel chapter 15, for the chapter 14, Bible said that there was no man in Israel like Absalom. This is why gifted people have to be very careful. And I am hoping that this message is going around to the body of Christ and let people see. Rebellion, when they asked Samuel to describe it in 1 Samuel 15, 23, when he sent Paul to kill Saul and Saul didn't kill, he said rebellion is a sin of witchcrafts. When God sees a rebel, he sees a witch, a witch. And I'm, I'm expanding this beyond church to your organization and your offices. Don't get promoted and get arrogant. And start seeking for a seat that does not belong to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Rebellion is spelled by two things. Lust and pride. That is a double combination that is terrible. Absalom was the most handsome boy that David gave back to. Lucifer was the best creation God created. The king loved Absalom. Long and short of it, he first killed his own brother. And the Bible said that David was a murderer from the beginning. Then shortly after that, the king forgave him and brought him back. But Absalom had a plan. The Bible talks about the fact that he would cut his hair and they would wait the hair. It was such a handsome fellow that the old town knew about him. And he would come to the palace in the morning. And he would stand outside. So everybody come. You know in those days, they practically worship kings and their sons. They will see the prince and they will bow. He will say, no, don't bow, don't bow. He will lift them up. And he will hug them. And they will go back home. And then he will say something. Say, your case is very good. But there is nobody to listen to you. And he will say, ah, I wish they would just make me a king. And I will give justice to everybody. And everybody started talking about him in town. And everybody left David. And started talking about Absalom. That, ah, said that boy. It's not like his father. His father is very arrogant. In many history, in the history of the church, too many associates have done this. So I told the workers yesterday, listen very well to me, all of you. When somebody comes to meet you in the church and he says that you are the only person I can talk to, that is manipulation about to happen. 
Tell the person, I am not the only one you can talk to. There are other people, but tell me what you want to say. Don't let somebody give you false praise and lift you up against your own brethren. These are the tactics of Satan in dividing churches. An associate begins to appear so nice. And people begin to say that you are not like that senior pastor. Who is very arrogant. You, you listen to everybody. You visit, he doesn't visit. When they tell you something like that, they are about to kill you. Absalom was doing that. And he was doing that. And in no time, everybody in Israel. Ah, see, people started. The same David that killed Goliath for that, they were singing for. They forgot David. So now Absalom is the reigning guy. Somebody will go to and say, bros, ah, do you know Absalom? That, that guy is nice, oh. That when his father, you have to prostrate four times to greet the father. But him, he just hugged me. And the Bible says he stole the heart of the people. You can receive authority from God or you can steal authority that belongs to someone else. When you steal, you pay dearly. By the time David knew what was going on, Absalom had he gathered men. Even Ahithophel, that was David's friend, was part of the people in that conspiracy. Ahithophel, according to some historian, was the father of Bathsheba, whose son David killed, whose husband David killed. Ahithophel probably wanted to take a revenge. He was David's best friend, and he was a David's personal counselor. He knew David inside out. If Absalom followed his advice, they would have killed David that night. But somehow God helped somebody to give a counter advice that saved him. Because when Absalom sat on the throne, he said, how do I get this man? And he started suggesting. And Ahithophel said, you know what? I can tell your father will be in so, so place by now. He's in Badagri now, resting. He's tired. If he carry soldier now and get it, we'll get him now. And Ushai said, Chai, this guy got it. He said, no, don't mind that Ahithophel. Your father will not be in the open field. He'll be hiding somewhere. And that was how they saved David. But the next David, Absalom sat on the throne and David had to run away from his own son. He left town for him. And Absalom's end was that he was riding on his bull. He had a long hair. The hair caught the tree and he was dangling like that. Meaning that the earth rejected him and the heaven refused him. That is the end of every rebel, like it's happening to Satan also now. The church of Christ on that rejected Lucifer and he was dethroned from heaven. Never tamper with some things. If you are gifted, be careful. Satan was the most skillful in heaven then. And that was what happened to Absalom also. This is the number one satanic manifestation because it divides kingdom, divides churches, divides family, divides offices. And you have to be very careful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is very important. If you are in a unit, don't skip your way to becoming the head of the units. You will play like Absalom and go like Absalom. Don't try it. Rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. That's what the Bible says. Avoid it. You can be gifted more than a director of your unit. Be very careful. This is where you should be careful of talents. It can destroy. Yes. Did you hear what I've just said now? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Touring Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.